Well, I want to welcome Darren and Julie Jones. You guys are um, incredible. We love you, and I'm so thankful, one, that to have you as a part of our church. But, uh, but two, I'm really glad to have um, what God has instilled and put in you over years of ministry and years of being in the kingdom and just being able to share it uh, with our people. So we're looking forward to that. I'm thankful to have you guys with us. Thank y'all for being here. Is that a nice way of saying we're old? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm actually getting to that point where I've got a few years in the kingdom as well. But um, I want to hear a little bit about how uh, how you guys came to form. You guys are now leadership consultants. I'd love to hear a little bit about how y'all formed your consulting group and maybe even just where your passion for leadership and people helping people maximize their leadership and influence. And uh, I'd love to just kind of hear that story and how it came together. Yeah. Well, it's called Golden Goose Consulting, and it was really kind of born out of um, the pain of what I would say was an amazing adventure on one hand in our time in Morocco. It was also uh, a very painful opportunity to be front and center in watching leadership misuse a team. Mm. And I think for the two of us, we really um, we really just felt like God was just challenging us to figure out how we could help people value their team better. So really that's why we came up with Golden Goose. It's the goose, not the egg. It's the people, not the product. Mm. It's the team. How do we value our teams? How do we pour into them? Mm. How can we as uh, leaders invest in the people around us in such a way that they are blessed and benefited by being around us? And so that's what we love to do. So we come alongside teams both uh, in the secular world and in the, the Christian world, and we try to help them learn how to invest better in the people around them. Awesome. Yeah. And really just love God and love people well and do that on a really practical level, whether that's in their marriages, their families, their business, however that is, because that's kind of our greatest calling. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you guys for taking the time just to jump in here with us. When I've had a chance to talk with you guys, we're going to, this morning, we're talking about leadership and uh, what it means to be a leader. And um, when I have talked with you guys, one of the things that has really stood out to me is the concept of leading yourself well. Mm. So I want I want to hear a little bit more more about what it means to lead yourself well. What does that mean? Yeah, you want to take the lead on that one? Yeah, I mean, just even this morning, something I was thinking about um, as I was reading was just one of the things, like for me personally, that just had probably aside from just salvation and then spending time with God and getting to know God, but one of the single most transformative pieces of my life has been um, just learning how to to change my thinking patterns. And so part of, I think, for us leading ourselves is, is changing how we think and to get out of some of the ways that we're thinking that aren't, you know, godly or helpful or are actually destructive towards towards God's way of thinking in ways that are helpful. And um, so, so even this morning, I was reading Psalm 42, five, and it says, I am deeply discouraged, but I will remember you. And the meaning of that word remember um, includes the idea of record. And I was actually thinking of a record. <clears throat> and you know, some of you might are young enough, you might have to, you know, 
think outside of what you know, but records, um, you know, you had to put the needle on and there are grooves around and that's what brings out this, this amazing music. But in our minds, we have these grooves and we have these pathways yeah. that we, we've built and we think deeply um, along certain pathways. Some are helpful and some are not so helpful. And so, you know, to, to change that, we kind of have to change the grooves in our yeah. thinking. And so, um, just, you know, so a personal story for me, just like growing up, one of my, one of my struggles was always comparing myself. In fact, we have funny pictures of me as a child, like my little ballerina outfit at six and you see the side of my head. Cause I'm like, what's going on over there? What are you guys doing? <laughs> so it's just kind of been from the very beginning, but but God just really convicted me to get out of that groove, like that that record groove that we we're just talking about. Right. I needed to to replace some of my old thinking with some new thinking, Love and it. so so God just brought this this verse to my memorization at Second Corinthians ten twelve. But it's long enough, so by time I um, I get to the end of that verse, my my thinking has shifted, and and that verse for me is. For we are not bold to class or compare ourselves with those who commend themselves. For when they compare themselves with mm. themselves and measure themselves by themselves, they're without understanding. And that wow. verse is just, there's a lot in there. But, yeah. but my first thought is comparison. And then my second thought after that verse is, I don't want to be without understanding. So, so anyway, that's been one of the most helpful things for me as far as just leading myself is, is addressing areas that need they need changing. And so to, to take a verse like that that's even long and kind of complicated, but by the time I get to the end of that, my thinking is transformed. So now my first thought is comparison. My second thought is that verse. That's been one of the single most transformative pieces for me to get out of the bad ruts that have circled in my life. Well, I think <clears throat> there's it's really profound to be willing to dive into the things that need to be changed. And it's easy to see yeah. all of the things that we think others might need to change. <laughs> but what I'm hearing is that mm -hmm. leadership yeah. really begins with being willing to ask the question, what needs to change right. internally? Right. That's really, really good. Yeah. Um, so I'd love to hear, what do you guys see as leading or critical factors, ways that you can help that process of you know leading yourself, walking through change. What are those critical elements? So if you really put it down, like how can we help ourselves grow in our own leadership of ourselves and and see those areas changed or transformed? Yeah. Um, I think it's the the piece that comes to mind is in the secular world there are a ton of resources out there right. on helping people do this and leading well, leading with confidence, leading with all these things. And I think one of our secret weapons that we have really is that we can lead in the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm. And that piece is this amazing X factor. What does that look like then for us to be led? If we're going to lead well as Christians, we need to be led well. And if we are going to be led well, we need to put ourselves in a place where God's spirit is leading us, is changing us, is shaping us, is causing an inner transformation to happen. And I think the most profound piece of that in our lives is that we would be soaking and immersing ourselves in God's word and doing it in such a way that we're 
actually learning and growing and letting God's spirit engage the, the sharp edges, the pieces in us that need to come off. I think uh, in, a, in a time of crisis like, like that we're experiencing right now, there's pressure. I hear people talking about feeling exhausted right now. Yeah, because there's this pressure, pressure of the unknown, pressure of the future, pressure of, of finances and fear, and there's all this pressure, and there's all this stuff bubbling out of us. Well, the, the thing is, that's, that stuff is in us. Now, what are we going to do about it? If we're going to lead others well, to be led well ourselves means we've got to let God affect change in those areas. And that, for us, I think that really comes down to the most important thing we can do is to get in the word ourselves, individually. Now, uh, even while we're not able to go to church, uh, going to church, you know, we've got somebody who speaks challenges, who exhorts us, who this is super important what we do together. But it can't replace what we do alone. It can't replace what we're doing in private. It can't replace our, our personal interaction with God's word. We want the, the bread of life to be fresh every day, all the time. We want fresh bread in our lives. And I think that piece is super important. Years ago in youth ministry, I came up with a, um, a little acronym to help students remember this for the elements of getting into God's word. Pray, read, observe, meditate, write, apply, share. P-R-O-M-W-A-S. Prom was. I was going to talk about that today, but I'm actually not going to talk about that today because now that just feels really kind of sad because really the prom was not is really the way that ends. So we're kind of going to steer clear of my acronym and we're going to let Julie talk about her acronym because she's got a simpler one that actually works better. So I think that the getting into God's word is, uh, is a piece that I think you, you can speak to with your four R's. Yes, here we go. Yeah. yeah, yeah. so I think just a, a big part of like what you were saying, leading ourselves is to be led first by, by the best leader ever, and that's, and that's the Lord. Mm -hmm. so, so yeah, just four R's, it's just super simple, you can remember, but, um, but the first one is read, and I remember a long time ago someone said, you know, if you're going to read the Bible, come at it in small chunks and, and think of it like a love letter. So it's something that's been written to communicate God's love to you. So not, not ne necessarily like a newspaper or whatever for all the facts. There's a lot of great facts in there, but, but when you're reading, just, just take a little small chunk where, where you can spend some time actually kind of soaking in that and marinating in that. Um, but the first one's read, so read maybe a little bit. Um, the second part, the second R is reflect. Just read, take a minute to just reflect on what you, what you read. What, what's, what's God saying? How is he whispering to your heart? Is there a conviction? Is there something that excites you? Is there something maybe just, that's just new and illuminated for you? So, so giving a little bit of space for some of that reflection time. Um, the next R is record. Some of you are journal, journalers and some of you are not, and that's okay. That's not everybody's deal. But maybe they're just bullet points. Maybe, you know, you read something, you reflected, and, and God has just really pinged your heart on something. Write down a couple things that he said to you. Um, and then the last one is to respond based on what he's brought to the surface. Um, Darren talked about how much, like, the stress brings this stuff to the surface, but when we come to the refreshing word of God. What is he bringing to the surface? So what do I do with that? You know, what, what do I need to maybe start? What do I need to stop? What should I continue? 
or what do I just need to spend a little more time reflecting about? Um, so yeah, so read, record, reflect, and respond. Awesome. Man, those are really practical, helpful thoughts when it comes to engaging the Word of God and knowing that, and I, I thought you, you put it great, there's no better leader than he is, so let's go to him, and to your point, that if we're going to lead well, we have to be led well first, and, and it comes from uh, Jesus, his leadership in our lives, so that's good. I love that. Um, Okay, so inevitably, we have, um, even as we seek to grow in leading ourselves well, uh, without question, we have leadership and influence in the lives of people around us. You don't have to be a a leader of a large organization Mm -hmm. to have leadership in people's lives. There's leadership in our homes, there's leadership with our friendships, there's leadership in workplaces. You might be a part of a large corporation where you have lots of people that you're leading. You might feel like you're at the bottom, but inevitably we have leadership in people's lives. And so um, maybe my first question is, how do we, how do we see our own personal growth um, and, and what impact it has on the lives of people? Of people, maybe. So let's just start with how does our own personal growth impact the, yeah. the people around us? Yeah. Well, I think one just phrase that, that I've been thinking about here is just that you lead from who you are. Mm. So there's really no way to separate out your, your influence on other people or the effect you have on other people from, from who you are. I mean, you might be able to fake it for a little while, but the reality is. We just can't do that for very long. So, so I think whatever um, other people are going to see, it's coming out of who we are. So that's why we're, we started from the place that we start, right? If we're being renewed, then we're going to be leading as a renewed person, and that will have a ripple effect. But really, I, I just kind of had captured this thought that you lead from who you are and, and really who you are in secret. It's kind of like, mm-hmm. who's the real you? The you when no one's looking in. And we've spent a lot of time during this quarantine time with each other. So there's, there's, you know, we're all in each other's business here. So <laughs> I think, you know, we, it's just, it's as relevant as ever, but we, we just lead from who we really are at the center of our being. And so it's really important to be nurturing that part, yeah. you know. It's awesome. Yeah. 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 I think um, go, going back to Soaking in the word. So here, here's kind of a little piece of it for me. I think I was uh, just maybe last week, week before, I was in uh, Micah, and we got I got to the verse that most of us that have been around the Bible for a little while, we know Micah 6, 8. But the first six chapters are written to people in absolute crisis. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a mess. And they're, it's, they're facing really tough stuff. In the middle of that crisis, God calls us to walk with justice, kindness, and humility. And I think thinking about what's inside of us coming out and then affecting the people around us, how are we leading? How are you leading your family, your kids? How are you leading the people you're on Zoom calls with? I mean, it's like the unbelievable, I should have bought stock. Um, <laughs> but the, the, the whole idea of how are we affecting people around us? And I think uh, part of the answer to me is uh, 
how, do, how can I measure whether the Holy Spirit is at, alive and at work in me? I think one of the ways that you can do that is in the middle of a crisis. Is Jesus coming out? Am I coming out? Which, which, what's coming out of me? And the way you can measure if it's Jesus is if it's justice-oriented, if it's kind, and if it's humble. And so just some practical ways to kind of stop and, and recognize how is, how is God working in me right now? And oh my gosh, where, where does he need to work? And we, we just, I can come back over and over again that the, the place that we can be transformed is in the presence of, of God. Mm-hmm. And the, the best place we have to do that is in his word. Yeah. So good. That's just... And I just want to say, like, if you're, if you're feeling frustrated or discouraged or if you're feeling like, gosh, what's come out really isn't what I wish was coming out, I, I just want to read to you Isaiah 43, 18 and 19, because I think it's really good to remember that, that God is all about transformation and he's all about doing new things and good things in our lives. And, and so I just want to read this to you. Um, Forget all that. It's nothing compared to what I'm going to do. For I'm about to do something new. See, I've already begun it. Do you not see it? I will make a, a pathway in the wilderness and create rivers in the dry wasteland. And so I just, I think, you know, if you need a restart, you can get a restart. God's all about redemption and doing good new things. So. That's good. Um, how, how do you know, um, or how can you see when you're having an impact in someone's life uh, and, and maybe even to discern whether or not um, that impact is good or you know, if there's something that's maybe unhealthy going mm-hmm. on. I, I'm just curious, how do you know what kind of influence that you are having or is there a way to know? And what, what have you guys seen from um, uh, people trying to, trying to get, gauge where, where their leadership's at? Well, I think you're going to step into something here in a minute, but maybe even before that, there's, we talk a lot about intent and impact. So our intentions are often certain things, but the impact is often something else. And so there's, there's usually a problem when there's a gap between those things. Okay. So we have an intention to say something a certain way or, or behave a certain way, but the actual delivery or the impact on the, the people around us is something quite different. And so to bridge that gap between our intentions and our impact, we, we've, we've got to see what we're missing. And, and that's probably some of the hardest part is we, if we don't know what we don't know, we don't know what's missing. So I think that you were going to speak a little bit. Did I steal your whole part? I might have just stolen his whole part. I'm sure you can pick up from there. You can You can come back. I'm actually, so even like concrete steps. So with this concept of intent versus impact, what are some concrete steps to be able to take uh, to, to, uh, to be able to lead each, oh, well, maybe close that gap, so to speak. If we're seeing a gap between what's the intent versus what's the impact there, what, what do you suggest in terms of, okay, I want my leadership to be really cohesive here, to be for not, ju- not just here, but becoming out. What does it look like to maybe step into that a little bit? Well, I feel like there's this piece, and I, I'm definitely, I'm not somebody who craves this, so I'm not gonna give this advice as somebody who is like, yay, um, <laughs> because really, uh, you, you've gotta get input, uh, we, we had a, um, 
we had a guy in our lives uh, for years, he's still our, our therapist friend, counselor, he wears a lot of different hats, but he's been in our lives for years and when, when we need help, when we're struggling with something in our marriage, we've got this guy we can go to and we can talk to him, but he's also been like this, um, just a kind of a spiritual guide to us at different points and part of it is the depth with which he speaks and he told us one time, you just can't see your own butt. <laughs> and it, it was like okay. we're, we're, you know, we're in this deep meaningful time of sharing from the word and he says that and the whole room just erupted because we were all like what what did you just say but you can't see your own butt you you, you know we, we we can't see the backside we don't we don't know what's going on if we're going to allow those things that are affecting people around us when what we hope is happening. When I walk into a room, what I hope is happening is this. What may actually be happening is this. And, and the in, intent is over here and the impact is over here. And if I am unaware of this, I can't affect it. So a, a while back, we were studying some stuff uh, around uh, StrengthsFinder. And if you're familiar with that, that tool, that's one that we use that we just really love. And in there, it was talking about you know, some of my strengths. And I began to be aware that what some of my strengths were around communication and telling stories. And as we were studying this, we were doing it in a team context. And I was kind of getting all excited about, this is how God wired me. I'm wired to be this storyteller. I love this. And in the middle of this learning environment, one of the guys I worked with said, do you realize you're a competitive storyteller? I said, what is that? I don't even know what that meant. And he says, yeah, yeah, you, you will tend to tell a story uh, that will one-up people around you. And you do it. You do it for, and here's an interesting thing. How do you respond to unasked for input? (laughs) And my natural response to unasked for input is I go defensive. I I put my dukes up. The challenge is how do you take input and where can you get input from? Who actually can speak into your life and say what you intended was this? What you don't realize is this is what happened. And so I had no clue that by telling stories in the way that I did it, I was creating distance between people, me and people around me. And it was not at all what I wanted. And I had this massive blind spot that I was unaware of. Well, I didn't like the way he said it, and I didn't want to hear it. And that was my first response. And then we processed it, and we processed it. I had my, a, my safe place, and I went back to Julie, and we talked about it, and began to recognize, okay, I may not understand this, but if I want my intent to be this, and my impact is actually this, how am I going to close that gap? Well, I'm going to close that gap by receiving input. And I chose in humility, fortunately, in that scenario, uh, to receive the input. Well, what it did was fascinating. I started being more aware of this intent impact piece in my life and specifically around my communication. And by choosing not to tell some stories, even at home, I found that my son started to tell more stories. And his voice gained confidence just because I turned down this one aspect of how I'm wired and what I like to do. And I just dialed it back a little bit and his voice gained confidence. 
Now he tells stories for a living. He's in front of a camera telling stories and doing funny things. And I, and I just look at that and go, wow, how amazing is it that in, in that moment I was able to receive that input, not in the moment. In the moment, I was, I was angry. <laughs> Later, I was able to receive that input and, and process it and recognize there was some truth to it that I wanted to change. And I think that that, that is uh, a piece for us. This idea of, you know, on, during, the, during the pandemic, um, <laughs> we, uh, we have had uh, uh, just a lot of time to walk and talk together and, and the, kind of how we've been getting out. I think that's probably true for Everyone, everyone's probably ordered at least one pair of shoes in the last month. Um, but I think the uh, the idea that we've been out outgoing and, and walking and talking, well, that means that there's been a number of times where we've had uncomfortable conversations, where we've had to ask each other, but is that is that what you saw? This is what I thought I was saying. How did it actually influence you, impact you? What was my intent versus my impact? And I think being able to receive input choose to get input, choose to go to someone and say, what did you see? I did this and I thought I was saying this or I thought the impact was gonna be this. You responded very differently than I thought you were gonna respond. What happened? What, what created that, that gap there? So I think that intent impact piece and being able to receive input is a, is a key piece around recognizing our blind spots and addressing our blind spots and choosing to um, allow truth to affect intent versus impact and close that gap. That's amazing. I, uh, this, this concept of blind spots is, I think, a, a, a big deal for everyone because nobody can see their blind spots. Right. So, um, and, and you may have addressed this a little bit, but I, I'd love to just kind of throw it out there. What is the best way, as a leader, what are the best ways for us to be able to identify and address our blind spots? How do we go about finding these things out and then figuring out you know, how to begin to, to deal with those things? Well, I, I think we've hit on a, a couple things is, is I mean, the first place is, is go to the Lord and ask him. I mean, if we're spending time with him, I just find like the way that God um, convicts is very, it is gentle and it is kind of, if we've created some space, you know, we talked about reflecting. If we're creating some space for God to speak in our lives, I think he gently wants to correct us. So I think that might be the first place. I, I do think we need safe, Jan mentioned safe places. We need safe people in our lives that we can just say, what do you see? And you can tell me the honest truth. Um, and then I, I think you brought up a really good point that sometimes unsolicited feedback, while painful, is if we can if we can take it in humility, there's probably at least a grain of truth there. You know, there may be some untruths in there, but usually there's something that's true. And to have the humility to just say, okay, that stung, but I gotta, I gotta listen to that. I mean, those are three things that, that come to mind. And, and I was thinking about, there's this one resource that we've used quite a bit. It's called the Johari Window. And if you look it up, you can probably just find it online. There's, there's probably a lot of examples of this. But it's a, it's a diagram that talks about, basically paints this picture of how do you shrink what you don't know about yourselves what, what you don't know about yourself, what, you, what, what others know about you that you don't know about yourself. 
How do you continue to work on that? And it's a great diagram. It's just a kind of a practical little mm -hmm. tool that you can go to and look at yeah. because it can bring back to your mind, how can you ask for input? How can you receive input? Where do you go to help shrink those blind spots? So that's just a practical little tool yeah. that we use quite a bit is that Jahari window. Right. And um, how do we kind of make that part of our life uh, something that we're at least trying to be aware of and trying to shrink. Right. So. Awesome. Talk to me uh, about the role of other people in our lives and certainly as it relates to building our leadership. And um, you guys both operate as consultants. You operate as coaches, uh, as disciplers. The, the, the Bible might use that term, discipleship. So talk to me about the role of having other people in your life uh, to help kind of facilitate and help you grow as a leader. Yeah. I think over the years, uh, our view of discipleship has, it's transitioned pretty significantly. So the idea of the power and the influence of a leader, I think has been shaped by some of this learning and this, this um, the challenge that we've received, some of the teaching that we've received. This idea around coaching, we use the word coaching a lot. There's a thrown out there all the time. You've got your, your business coaches who, in our definition of what coaching is, are really more consultants. Mm -hmm. You've got your, your sports coaches who are also consultants. Consultants do more on the tell end of things, whereas a coach does more on the ask end of things. And what we've found in this new way of thinking is the power of asking really good questions allows the person as they answer the question to interact with the Holy Spirit. And it takes somehow over the years in my discipleship, I didn't mean to, but I, I took the place of the Holy Spirit fairly often because, <laughs> because I was pretty good. I was a good discipler, but, but my influence on people versus the influence that the Holy Spirit can have as someone is interacting with him, there is no comparison. So when we can step out of that role by asking a good question, by good question, I mean one that's actively, actually curious. I'm not saying about a statement with a question mark at the end. I think this, this continuum of ask versus tell. I'm just going to keep coming up with these continuums. Love it. I I'll just keep tapping. I'll keep tapping the table and doing a lot of hand motions. Um, yes. But um, but the I think most of us spend most of our life in tell mode. Whether we realize it or not, we're used to telling people what to do, how to think, our opinion, all of these things. Just with our kids, it's a great example. Start listening to yourself. Do you do more telling or do you do more genuine asking? And it's not like, don't you think you should put a coat on? Because that's not a question. That's just a statement with a question mark at the end. So when you're when you're asking versus when you're asking versus telling, gotta make sure I've got the right hand motion. <laughs> that's it. Asking, telling. That I think there's this power in asking genuine questions that creates for the other person self-discovery. And that self-discovery is, is something that the Holy Spirit can then guide. If somebody comes up with a conclusion themselves, 
they are vastly more likely to actually follow through on it then no matter how great of an idea I have for them and whatever I tell them to do, they may do it. They may blame me for giving them bad advice. They may feel manipulated or controlled. There's a lot of different responses. But when they come up with something themselves and then recognize the validity of something that they're moving towards, the way this is gonna move them towards their goal, the chances of them following through on it are, are massively improved because at that point you've taken yourself as the middleman out of the equation. So this coaching piece has become super important for us. And I think there's a value shift. I think like with our, with traditionally how we used to come at mentoring, the value was that my input was, was somehow more important or, or superior or, or more valued or whatever than, than maybe the other person's discovery and hearing from the Holy Spirit. I don't think we'd ever say it that way, but I think there's been a huge value shift that now, at least I could speak for myself, I, I value the person's discovery and maybe their less best idea compared to my great idea, but it's their idea and they own it. And so, so if, I, if I can just ask a question like, well, well, what do you think about that? Or what do you think God's saying to you about that? What they may come up with may not be what I thought they might come up with, but but it's the God God's speaking to them, and they're coming up with that answer and discovering it. Um, I just think like Christ is such a powerful example for us because, you know, He asked the question, "What do you want?" so often in Scripture, and I mean, you just think about that from the God of the universe asking a human, "What do you want?" That's so powerful. He knew what they wanted, but he clearly wanted them to have the opportunity to voice what was in their heart. And I just, I just think that's so powerful. There's, um, there's a great book called Jesus is the uh, Question. And it, it, it has this, um, it, it follows the questions of Jesus, but it's amazing in the fact that Jesus asked over 300 questions and he only answered three of them. So if our role model, <laughs> boom, I know, if our role model asked so many questions and refrained, if God, the God of the answers, right, he refrained from giving all the answers, I just feel like that ratio has to say something to us, that he valued people's discovery and he valued what was in their heart and allowing that to come out. So so I think that, that kind of that value shift is what's happened for us and why, why this particular perspective has just been super helpful. I, I love this uh, perspective about having some people in your life that are willing to ask some questions because sometimes you just want to go and like, hey, just tell me what to do or tell me the answer. Mm -hmm. But there's something, you know, biblically yeah. profound, you know, even as we're seeing Jesus ask these questions mm -hmm. to go, to have to pull to the surface what's going on inside of us. Yeah. Uh, and then to have some discovery and have to maybe do the hard work yes. of, of asking yeah. those questions. But it's nice to have someone that does that mm -hmm. with you. Mm -hmm. And so it's, I think, incredibly important, or at least one of the things that I hope that we get a chance to see from this discussion is, do we have people in our lives that are coming alongside us to help yeah. ask the questions and, and pull some of those things to the yeah. surface? Awesome. Yeah. This has been so good. Uh, I'll give just maybe like one or two more minutes. Just was there anything else that it just as it comes to the the topic of leadership, 
whether it's leadership of ourselves or leadership in our homes or workplaces or otherwise, any other thoughts that you guys have before we just close this time down together? Yeah, I mean, I guess I would just say, just take one step, you know, if yeah. there's just one thing that maybe stuck out to you or um, some scripture or just a new thought, just just take one step and, and try it out. Like if you're, if you know you're on the tell part of the continuum, just move a little bit towards the ask. Or if you know as a parent, you want to listen more, just, just try that out this week. I, I think, you know, there's just some room to play with this stuff. So take one step in that direction, whatever's kind of, I don't know, maybe stuck in your heart from this conversation. I love that. Yeah, I guess I would just say, if you're like me and your your first response to input is defensive, you you gear up. Maybe just figure out how this week to 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 lower your fists and and to go to this go to the spirit of God and say, what do you have for me? Mm-hmm. And see, does that draw you into His Word? Does that help you move in that place of intent impact? ask versus tell, maybe anything we said today, maybe there's something here that God would actually have for you. And I just encourage you this week, go to him and ask him and drop your fists and allow him to speak to you because he does and he loves to and he will. And uh, we have that promise. So, so good. Thank you guys so much for sharing these truths. They're straight from the word of God. They're incredibly practical and they, they have an impact not only in our own lives, but in the lives of everyone around us. And I can't thank you enough for, for sharing those with us and allowing us to, to, to have something to chew on this week. I know I've got some stuff to chew on myself. <laughs> and so I hope you guys do as well. Um, honored to have you guys, and we'll look forward to having you guys uh, here with us again. All right. Thank you. Thanks. Awesome. <laughs> Bye-bye.